and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matthew Shea. I'm Matt Drueckhardt. How are you, Matt? I am Peachy Keen. We are continuing today our discussion of LP1666. Yeah, we're taking this back up because uh, when we left off, we were thinking about things like the word certification, and we've done a lot of deep dives into the history of it and talking about the difference between proficiency-based education and learning, but the law itself has some really, the statute itself, I should say, has some really interesting and important language in there that, well, it needs some unpacking. It does. It does. There's a lot of confusion in here. There really is. Okay, so how are we going to set up this episode today, Matt? Uh, I, I think, well, we should, we should, we're going to break it down into three distinct areas okay. that basically follows the statute um, in 4722A. So the first part are the requirements for the award of the diploma. Okay. So we're going to talk about what that means. We're going to talk about the multiple pathways piece, um, how methods of gaining proficiency. And then the third is going to be a new addition to the to this part of the law over the last couple of years that wasn't originally in there, mm-hmm. the transcripts. Mm. Because there's now a whole piece of it that has to do with the transcript and what schools are responsible for. Mm-hmm. So All right, let's, start. let's get into it. Um, the The main word, that w- word for the day, so to speak. Oh, word for the word day. For, word of the day in uh, 4722A is the word certify. Hmm. Was not originally part of the word of the law. I mean, uh, it was demonstrate, which for us assessment people can't stand mm-hmm. because you demonstrate how. You demonstrate by doing something, mm-hmm. by uh, executing. You demonstrate. Uh, that's a probably not a good one to say politically, but uh, you demonstrate by <laughs> running. You demonstrate by drawing. You demonstrate sure. by comparing and contrasting. Mm-hmm. You demonstrate by analyzing. So to say demonstrate, well, that was a lot of the confusion in general. Well, demonstrate means a whole lot of different. I can demonstrate by memorizing and identifying. I can memorize by investigating and predicting. Okay. So so what, so what? the requirements for the diploma okay. say that the first step, certify that the student has met all requirements specified by the governing body of the school administrative unit attended by the student. Okay. So... Uh, oftentimes school districts will have not only done, not just the bare minimum of rules, mm-hmm. but will have other laws. They might have things in there like doing a capstone. Sure. They might have th- rules in there about community service. Mm-hmm. They might have whatever, whatever those rules are. The school has to certify that the student has met all those in order to get a requirement, yeah. a diploma. That's first step. That's the first step. The okay. second step, certify that the student has demonstrated proficiency in meeting state standards in, wait for it, Okay. all content areas of the system of learning results established under 6209. That's a lot. What would those be? I Quiz time. I think there's eight of them. Am I right? Yes. All right. Uh, yes. Let's go with the first one, uh, the most important one. Uh, sports. <laughs> Podcasting. Okay. We've got two. Is there really anything else? Politics. Uh, French fries. Ooh, French fries. All right, so we have English language arts. We got mathematics, science, social studies. Big four. Core four. Core core four. With that could be a whole other podcast. But really, yeah. speaking of sports and things we don't like, so <laughs> so really those are traditionally the core four, yeah. but not according to this law, right? Because no, not at all. If it's all, it's now everything's a core. Everything. World I'm, languages, which I'm totally for, by the way. Health, physical education. Visual performing arts and career and education. No, what was the other one? I think that's nine. I was counting on my hands. 
<laughs> Let me go to the book. We need to redo okay. this part. That's all right. No, let's leave it in. Let's leave it in. Okay, we'll leave it in. Uh, there's a there's a career one in there somewhere. I or think so career and education development. I think that's Does what that it sound is. Right. Okay. So I don't know if that's that's it. You know what? We're gonna leave it all in. Pull the curtain back. This is who we are. We are imperfect people. You know, we're not reading from a script. Clearly, not at all. <laughs> okay. So the, one of the key things, as you said, was all. All. It's that all was, of them. So, right. So as we talked about in the very first episode about world languages, this was one of the areas that caused some real concern and challenge for a lot of districts because a lot of districts can't necessarily find a full comprehensive K-12 world language teacher or world sure. language teachers, which actually uh, marries the second episode that we talked about, which right. was how PBE and PBD kind of became a diploma thing, but then went down to the ki- to the kindergarten level. Sure. So people realized, well, we can't do world languages. Just two years of world languages is not really good enough to certify proficiency, right. even though we don't necessarily know what it means yet. Exactly. Okay. So, there, so th- right away, being a very rural state, it's hard to get those all all those core areas. Well, well, yeah. I just mean, just to be able to teach them, let alone anything about certification of of, of learners being there. Absolutely. I mean, you think, and you think about the traditional high school structure, how it's built, how it's designed. You you have your English four years, so you have that set up. You have your you have your core classes that you have to meet cred, credit based system. Then you have electives. Right. Well, now the traditional the, the, the when the traditional thinking meets this thinking, you now get to the point of. Well, our electives have to go away because now our electives are mandated. Now we have now we have these other mandates we have to do, like visual performing arts. How are we going to fit that in? What what, is, what does that mean? Is that one year? Is that two years? Mm. So now, how do we teach all that? How do we fit that into our schedule? How do we fit that into a kid's schedule? How do we manage all this? That is that is an interesting take on that one. Well, what would your take be? Well, because I I think I've heard that before. By the way, oh, I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I've, I'm saying that's a way that, I've heard that one you of the throw challenges. Away the electives, right? You can't. In order to stuff everything in, you have to get rid of electives. And my my thinking as as a high school teacher, sure. So I worked in high schools. Mm-hmm. So the old. Let's talk about the old way for a little bit. Okay. And just kind of gloss over it. Four years of English, four years of math, two years of this, year of that, two years of this. You know, it's smorgasbord of stuff, but they have to basically pick them all, right? Yes. And get them all done in high school. Right. There was plenty of electives when I was teaching high school. Mm-hmm. And kids still fit in visual performing arts. They fit in health. They fit in PE. They fit in a capstone to do the career and education development one. Mm-hmm. They fit in all this stuff, and we still have plenty of electives. So I think that was always kind of a straw man argument that in order to jam everything in i could see where you were going with that it wasn't really proficient necessarily but they that's the key but they passed the classes and i think and i think what 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 people were thinking was um and i i hear what you're saying you know um and i and i to a large extent i agree there's another part of me that says yeah but um you have these you have a lot of a lot of schools where you're saying well we don't know what proficiency is and we hear the word diploma and so I'm going to automatically make the connection of proficiency at diploma equals 12th grade. Yep. And proficiency is more than just passing. Proficiency means you, you got to do it. Yeah, there's and, a lot more. Right? And so now all of a sudden we have kids coming into the high school who are, not again, as we said before, 
not necessarily on to, on pace, on target, on track, on whatever the language you want to use is. Sure. And they're going to be behind. It's going to take a significantly longer period of time for them to be proficient. And if we ask our departments to define what proficiency is, they'll say, well, we're the most important, whatever the department is, and, oh, it, yeah. and, and, and proficiency is, is up here or, or wherever it's going to be. And so some of the targets then for those students become, can very quickly, very easily become unrealistic. And I think, that's, I think that's what happened. I do too. Because now, hence the freak out from administrators and teachers, like kids are never going to be here. They're never going to be here. Well, if you set 12th grade levels at every single area, no, there's really not enough time for kids to actually meet eight core areas at the 12th grade level right. in everything. But that was the interpretation that some places had. Hence, people freaked right out. They freaked out. So I totally get that, right? Right. Well, then, then we that... can't do electives because we have to jam in everything else here. We've got to spend all the time making sure that for these core areas in particular, or for all the areas, we've got to make sure we spend that time. Yeah. And we're still in this version of a high school schedule. For example, that might be block schedule. It might be truncated, um, uh, not truncated, but uh, but siloed out content areas sure. where ELA has a certain amount of time during the day. Math has a certain time during the day. And we only have so much time to do this stuff. Right. So, and, and so teachers and administrators and even parents are, are throwing their arms up going, when can we get this done in this schedule? And I think that was where a lot of the tension really came into play. Okay, so if we go to the next section, this was supposed to alleviate some of that. Right? Well, hang on. Oh, we're, we're, not, we're not done Holy in God. requirements for the diploma. So, so far, meet all the requirements of the board, of the, of the body, all content areas. Yeah. Let's not forget of something called the guiding principles. Certify that the student has demonstrated proficiency in each of the guiding principles set forth by the rules, blah, 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 6209. Clear and effective communicator. Integrated and informed thinker. Self-directed lifelong learner. Practical and practical problem solver or something like that. Yeah. I don't Created and practical problem oh, solver. Oh, yeah. And there's one more. So There's one more. There is one more. So that's a lot of stuff that we don't really... Did I say integrated and informed thinker? You just did. So If I said it twice, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if I didn't... If, we, if we're still missing one... We're still uh, there. It's Google. <laughs> it's out there. So guiding principles are now on the same level as content. Right. And that freaked people right out. That freaked Well, now we have to certify and measure. How do we do that? Now on top of all of this content, now we have to certify right. that they've met, or even, even just the word dem before when it was a demonstrate that they've done it. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how, how? How do we do this? What does it look like? And I remember going to a lot of professional development put on by the DOE. Mm -hmm. um, I was part of a whole committee that did this whole work on it for a year and then that whole work got thrown out and then mm -hmm. they started again and it was just there was a lot because people just couldn't figure out how to do it right there's a lot to all of this there is so i i totally understand that okay. we're not done okay. we're not done with part one I'm diploma requirements back a little bit <laughs> this is the last part and this is one of the, my one of my Ooh. favorite lines in the whole because it is the most nebulous it's okay. the most ethereal who knows what this means? All right. Certified that a student has engaged in educational experiences related to English language arts, mathematics, and science and technology in each year of the student's secondary schooling. All right. So 
you talked to me a little bit before we started here that you wanted to talk about this one in particular. Yeah. So let me let me kind of give you the the line that I've got on this one. Go for it. I love this one. I do too. Oh, I love it too. I love this one because we can make that anything we right? feel like. It's so flexible. <laughs> it's so flexible. You can you can you can it, it encourages integration. Yes. It encourages people to say like, all right, if if we're if we're talking about World War One in social studies class, but in the English language arts class, we're talking about and reading All Quiet on the Western Front. It encourages do an integrated unit, that kind of thinking. It's. I think it's even further than that. Oh, I'm I'm going. That's just that's oh, that's that's surface level that's stuff. Surface but. level. But now we were t- we were just talking about electives. Right. And now you can kind of combine and make these cool electives that combine those subject areas that they have to be engaging experiences. In. Yeah. And now you've got super cool electives rather than just like advanced math. And not only know, that calculus, but yeah, there's a school that does something called biostatistics. Ooh, which I don't know what that is, but I'm excited. That. I know. Doesn't it sound cool? It's, it sounds cool. I would be intimidated. I would never take it because I just I would be too intimidated to take it, but it sounds really it's, interesting. It's just a different way to do statistics with a different focus. Yeah, it allows these electives, but not, but not, like I said, not only that, but, isn't that? But but now you're combining right. multiple things right in one elective. Absolutely, and now that's an experience. And talk and, and and experiences also goes to apprenticeships, internships, yes, real world stuff where the ap- ap- applicability of the student learning actually comes into play. It's not just this abstract thing that's happening from a textbook. It's actually real. Those have to happen every year of a secondary of student secondary schooling. That the possibilities are endless there. What I have heard from many folks across the state is, well, educational experiences in the in ELA, for example, for each year of the secondary schooling. Well, high school is four years, so they have to have ELA for four years. It says experiences in math, science, and technology. So they have to have math for four years. They have to have science and technology for four years. And I said, no. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says experiences. And that's up to the teachers, the parents, the students, the administrators, the curriculum folks to all come together and say, how can we craft experiences that integrate these things, which are also then aligned to the other rules of the content stuff, if it's there, or the multiple pathways, which we'll get to in a second, and everything else. This all sounds very exciting. It's it's really kind of cool of, of, of the way that they, that they put it out there to make sure that... It wasn't a thing that you could just try to get everything content-wise done in a year, but you were able to connect, like meet meet twelfth grade level proficiency in a year, right? But every year of your social of your of your your secondary school learning, you'd have to be able to connect it to these areas of the content. But it opens up so much authenticity, or opportunities for authenticity, I should say. This sounds like I'm very glad this is still on the books. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's I, my favorite part of this whole thing. I love it. Is the experiences one. I, I agree too. I it, totally it, agree. It, it, it can be confusing when thinking about it through that traditional credit-based year-long mindset. Mm-hmm. But once you push, push that to the side and you see it as part of this other whole entity, it becomes very freeing. So let's talk about the next one about multiple pathways. Multiple pathways. This one also gets a little, little iffy at one point, a little tricky. Um, 
method of gaining and demonstrating proficiency, students must be allowed to gain proficiency through multiple pathways and must be allowed to demonstrate proficiency by presenting multiple types of evidence, including, but not limited to teacher-designed or student-designed assessments, portfolios, performance, ex ex exhibitions, projects, and community service. There's a lot going on there. So, proficiency doesn't come from a five-paragraph essay, necessarily. But it can be a piece of evidence. It can be a piece of evidence. I think one of the keys there is providing evidence. Providing to all those evidence. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't have to be that and that alone. Right. And it doesn't. And have I'm to making be this... a generalization. Don't no no no. Shoot me out for anybody who's listening. But I'm making a gross generalization. Like a basic part, but it also doesn't have to be this massive. Like you don't have doesn't have to be an outhouse. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be this massive project that you put together in order to meet some of these things. Right. Evidence is evidence, no matter what it is, is what that is saying to me. Yeah. It also says that you can't necessarily define proficiency for all students based on one assessment. Correct. So you, you can't just give everyone one standardized test, for example, and then call everyone proficient or not proficient and then move on. Right. You have to be able to provide those kids, those students, those learners with multiple opportunities and give them multiple pathways to get there, to demonstrate it, because if that assessment doesn't work for them, they can still show you in a different way. That seems pretty easy thinking. I th it's easy thinking, and I think it's, and I, I would say it's very necessary. If, if our business is learning, which is what I would hope that education at schools really are about, learning, then you would want them to be able to say, okay, you have a different perspective on how to do this. Show me. Yeah. I'd show me what you got. And I think that's valuable, not just for the, the learner and teacher relationship, but learner to learner. Yep. Bringing in all kinds of different perspectives on, on how people, different people approach things. Right. So it's not just the way that the teacher asks you to do something. It's the, if I'm looking at, at you giving evidence to the teacher and that's something I didn't think of, it's like, wow, maybe I can, maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I can incorporate that into something, something else or Maybe there's a different way to do this thing other than just the teacher, the way the teacher asks. Have you and ever seen the uh, or listened to the last lecture by Dr. Randy Pausch? I have seen it, but it's one of my Pausch. one of my favorite things. I, I I quote it and misquote it all the time. Oh, nice! Because I love it. Yeah, Me uh, too. but but there, there's there's attribution. Um, so in that he was talking about a story about he um he was a computer science professor at Carnegie Mellon, and had a project for his students and. He gave his students this expectation and the students came back after a few weeks with the project and way surpassed his expectations. So he goes to his mentor basically and says, so what do I do with this? What, what's my next bar that I set? And the professor says, by setting a bar, you're limiting them. Don't set a bar. Let them set the bar because they'll blow your, they'll blow your mind every single time. And that's what I think the multiple pathways here does and allows for too is for is for people to is for students to really unleash their potential and to blow away the minds and perceptions and um, uh, ideas of what could be an assessment of, of learning evidence of learning. It puts it puts it in, in their hands, and you don't know their potential. They don't know their potential until you give them a chance to go for it. I like that. I like that's in part of the law. I do too. All right. Um, there is another little part though. Okay. In this part of the law, and it's under the exceptions rule. If you hear the page turning, I'm because it's a, I got the uh, Actually I, got, I, got, I got the law book the right page. here, right. And this is where it starts to talk about um, IEPs, okay, in, individualized education uh, plans, okay. And um, this caused some 
tension because students with exceptionalities and disabilities, um, they require different ways of learning. They require different needs. They have different accommodations and in some cases, modifications. I'm not going to go into the difference here. There is a major difference between accommodations sure. and modifications. Sure. Um, that's another Googleable thing. I highly encourage, nay, demand you do that. Um, so what this basically says is that, um, all right, I'll just, I'll just read it for you. Okay. Um, student who is a child with a disability uh, may meet requirements and become eligible for a diploma by demonstrating proficiency in state standards established in the system. Hold on of, right there for sure. a second. Demonstrating proficiency. Yes. Okay. So we're already, we're already... they didn't change the word certificate to certification gotcha. there. Okay. But demonstrate proficiency. And I think they did it intentionally. Okay. Um, by the standards established in the system of learning results through performance tasks and accommodations that, quote, maintain the integrity of the standards as specified in the student's individualized education program by the student's individualized education program team pursuant to the requirements. Okay. So what this basically, and then they, they this was, was stated in law, they then made rules around it to basically say that the IEP rules everything, mm -hmm. which is consistent with law absolutely um and so as long as it maintains the integrity of the standards mm -hmm. that's the line in the statute that has caused the most confusion how does one maintain the integrity of a standard okay. what does that actually mean oh that's interesting that's interesting because i know there's confusion about that but the way we interpreted that was same rigor what so, do you mean by rigor so we have a taxonomy that's attached to all of our learning targets that okay. we have to have kids meet proficiency on. So you have a level of rigor attached to the standard that they know they have to meet. So there's a there's a taxonomy involved. Yeah, but what but what does rigor mean? So rigor means it's it's really the 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 cognitive ability of that particular target, right? So it's it's not uh, what there's uh, there's like deeper learning that that once you rise on the taxonomy that sure. you talk about. It's a cognitive level, so there's like comprehension or analysis or sure. at the lower levels, it's just retrieval. So if we have that rigor level attached to a target, to me, that's meeting the consistency is if you expect the same rigor for that target for a kid with an IEP versus a kid without an IEP. So let's just do a hypothetical. Sure. So let's say the standard is, and it's one I use a lot, compare and contrast main ideas across multiple texts. Okay. Okay. Go. That's an analysis level. It's compare and contrast is the right. Analysis so, level. so would compare and the contrast? Yeah. That would stay. Has to. That's maintaining the integrity. And main idea across the text. Yep. Stays. Sure. So then, how are you accommodating? Why does it have to be the same text for every kid? Thank you very much. That's where I was going with it. There you go. Text complex. T text complexity is really where a lot of the variation, in my opinion, that's Absolutely. We, we, in my district, we do the exact same, have the exact same mindset. Yep. Uh, we, it says a student with, a, with an exceptionality or disability can analyze. Hell yeah. They can compare and contrast. This is treating all learners with the same high expectations, and it's, not, it's, it's just saying some students get to that way a little bit differently. So I think where the, that's of, all it's saying. I think some of the confusion there was they changed that target from a compare contrast to something like an identify or, right. or show this in a different way, which lowers the rigor. Which lowers the rigor. Which is not right. No, you shouldn't. You that, that's, then that, you have lower expectations for kids with IEPs. 
and that's not right. That's not right. That's that's saying something. Oh, it's a good try, but we'll move you on anyway. Yeah. And that's just that's just, it's disingenuous and it's it's pretty insulting. It's insulting, is what it's it insulting. is. So using that one with different texts for different kids, you can you can accommodate that absolutely, but still have the same rigor level. Absolutely, that's you give them more, the more time. You was. give them supports. You can give them, like I said, different text complexities, and Absolutely. you and, and and you can work on building up the text complexity level. You, you know, you can work on a fourth grade level, a fifth grade level, a sixth grade sure. level, wherever the kid is. That's what you're building up at, while still making sure that they're being able to compare and contrast. So Absolutely. you can have a ninth or a tenth grade student who is, let's say, that's the standard compare and contrast main idea, but is reading at a fourth grade level. Well, that's their text complexity level. They're reading there, but are we maintaining the rigor and the integrity of the standard by making sure the content is there, that they're able to main ideas across texts and compare and contrast? And we, my district, we, we, we take an additional little layer to it because we like that level of rigor, meaning complexity and autonomy. Mm-hmm. And we make sure that we say to them that, well, no, you need to do it independently. Sure. Because we want our students to be that self-directed, lifelong learner and... If we keep handing them a, a test or a project that we've concocted, for example, and we're not all there yet, we're getting. But if we, no, of course not. But right, but if we, right. but if but if we create it all, they're just reacting. They're not actually being proactive in the process. They're being we're, compliant. They're being compliant. So we could say to them, "How about this? The standard is this. I want to measure you on it. Go compare and contrast. Show me what you got. Show me what you can do." That's it. That's it. So I think that I think with the maintaining the integrity of the standards, that was one of those areas that really caused some ripples. Understandable, you know. But I, I think I've been in some of those meetings where I have those discussions. And right. Yeah, and and maybe awful. there are districts who do it differently than ours, and then and that, and that have found a way that works for them, and found a way that works for maintaining the integrity of the standards. I don't I don't know what those are, um, but if they're out there, we, I'd love to hear from hear what they are. Yeah, we'd love feedback, of course. Bring it on. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, please. All right, the, so that pretty much wraps up the um, method of gaining and proficiency because the next whole bunch is all about the extensions, how it starts kicking the can down the road. Right. Uh, and you can go read about that, but yep. it really doesn't matter anymore because all that part's been taken out. Right. Um, the final bit that I want to, I think we really need to hit on in this particular uh, part of the law okay. is transcripts and certification of content area proficiency. Okay. All right, here we go. Quote. In addition to maintaining a high school transcript for each student, a school administrative unit must certify that each student's content area proficiency and may content area proficiency and may award a certificate of content area proficiency to a student for each content area in the system of learning results. Okay. A lot going on there. You with me there? A lot going on. All right. There. So we have to certify it on the transcript somehow. Yeah. Right. Um, and we can, but it, let's just say, let's just say that it doesn't necessarily meet the diploma expectations that we think should be. Let's say we say a, a diploma means the twelfth grade standards. Mm-hmm. That's part of our local rules. Mm-hmm. But the student made it to tenth grade. Mm-hmm. Well, on the transcript, we have to certify. Uh, where does it say it? May may award a, may award a certificate of content area proficiency to a student for each content area. So now we'll say that you're certified at tenth level or level G or whatever you wanted to call it. Sure. So 
you can also put those levels of certification on there as well, which could go that way. It could also go the other way, meaning this student has been duly enrolled and has met college expectations here mm -hmm. or has had this um, apprenticeship here. Not many people know how, what to do with that. At least that I know of. I don't, I don't know. Not yet, right? Not yet. Uh, further on in the, in the law, it says certification of content area proficiency must be included with the student's permanent academic transcript and a student may use certification of content area proficiency as an official credential of academic achievement for the purposes of employment and post-secondary education. Do I need to say that again? I think you do. Okay. Cause this one opens a huge door. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Certification of content area proficiency must be included with the student's permanent academic transcript and a student may use certification of content area proficiency as an official credential of academic achievement for the purposes of employment and post-secondary education. I should say too that I, I am, I, I, yeah, this is, this is straight from one of the law books. Um, it, it's not the most updated of language, but I did check recently and this language was still in there so much as I can tell. Certification of employment can uh, can act as official credential of academic achievement for the purposes of employment and post-secondary education. This brings up a huge question for me, Okay, which is, all right, so let's say the rules in our SAU stipulate, like we said, 12th grade ELA standards, Algebra okay. 2 math all next-gen science or, or the standard science standards, whatever they are, that that high level. Okay. To get a diploma, it means that, which means we're isolating a huge number of kids. Sure. But let's just go there. Yep. A kid doesn't get there, but has been certified proficient in 11th grade ELA, in Algebra 1 and Geometry, and Statistics and Probability, and has been certified in Physics and in chemistry, and have been certified as uh, finishing three years of Spanish. They can, without, without a diploma, they can still use these certifications to go for post-secondary enrollment applications. So it brings up the question, why diploma? What does the what is the purpose then of the diploma then hold? And I still have not figured that out. That's interesting. So, what do you think the the intent of this one was? I think the intent was to make and to show that the transcript is the most important document for a student's secondary um, evidence student an evidence of sec student secondary learning. Right. Rather, that, rather than the diploma. Rather than a right. diploma. Yep. I mean, and, and, and we actually, there's a lot of history behind that. I mean, many, many, there's some jobs that require you to show their diploma. Yep. There are some that do. Yep. But there are others that say, I want to see your transcript. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the diploma because your graduation information will be on your transcript. Mm -hmm. I want to see, because I want to see what you did in your courses. Sure. Um, and so this allows students who don't necessarily get to that high level of diploma, because there will be some schools who think that proficiency means this highest level, sure. that you still have the access to be able to go to post-secondary and, and high-level employment because we can certify you've learned at this level. 
it's there's a it's it's a huge piece this that is, this is one I haven't really thought of before. This is this is an enormous piece that in in my humble limited brain capacity view completely questions the the academic purpose of a diploma. There's a cultural purpose sure and and, and importance for the diploma. Sure. But in terms of academic I think this questions that. I think this 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 brings a whole lot of. It's not as important that the transcript is. That's that's a very interesting way to think about that is in there because the transcript does show where you are basically, right? It always goes with the diploma, but now it doesn't mean you have to get a diploma in order to do stuff after. That's correct. Basically, because it's going to show you. It's going to certify that. That is correct. There mm. is there is a law in or a, a line here. I'll see if I can find it. But basically what it, what it says is that uh, if you don't get a diploma, but then you go to a, you get accepted into post-secondary uh, community college or, or four-year college, and you complete your first year. Then you can come back. You come back, you show your, your one-year transcript completion, and you get your full high school diploma. That's right. I do remember that one. That's in there too. Yeah. So there are, and there that's been in there for a long time. That's nothing new. That is nothing yeah, that new is for the law. That's been there for a while. So there have been multiple ways for people to get a diploma for quite a bit of time. This just really says, make sure that you could say that, well, it's not an all or nothing thing, mm. which was some of the misperception, which is if you don't get a, a diploma under the proficiency-based law, then you're you're out of luck. This part of the law clearly states, which was, this was an addition that came in the last couple of years. Yep. Um, kind of gives you an out. But it but it basically. gives people to say, hey, by certifying where they are, this becomes more important than, than, than the diploma That's itself. very interesting. Because you're now showing where they are. And, you know, it's, it's a whole adage of if you see two students walking across a stage getting a diploma, one of them got a 4.92 average if you're going to sure. get that high. One got a 0.67 average GPA over four years. Who's who? Hmm. How do we know? That's very Both got the same diploma. So what's the what? What's the value of that diploma then? Is it the 4.67? Is it the 0.67? Is it somewhere in between? Whereas the transcript, like even the, the the certification in the transcript, really becomes that level of personalization to know this is what the kid knows he can do, which is the entire point of a high school career. You leave there, you want, no one can do stuff. So that is a very deep dive, right? Into 4722A right there. This was a, I mean, this, yeah, the, the, these, these three areas, diploma, requ the requirements of certification for all content areas, guiding principles and experiences, multiple pathways with IEPs in there, uh, with that line of maintaining the integrity. And uh, then this whole bit about the transcripts that came in the last couple of years. It's no wonder why people were confused. Sure. Right? Lots going on there. There's a lot happening here and still there. Still there. We want your feedback on this. We do. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. We're at Facebook.com slash Main Education Matters. And on Twitter, we're at Main Ed Matters. Main Ed Matters. Had to fit in there somewhere. Had to, had to truncate that a little bit. A little bit. A little That's little all right. Bit. But yeah, give us a follow. Give us a shout out. Let us know what you think. Uh, and if there are... Um, Things you want us to either cover, touch base on, we'll see if we can fit it in. Absolutely. 
Thanks, Matt. Good talking to you. You too. Take care.